Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Welcome back. This is Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. And it's a joy to be with you. This is Sister On You Stay. And this is Sister Veritas. And it's just, it is a joy to be back. It's always a joy, Sister. And here we are. We're stepping into the second part of diving into chapter two Mm -hmm. of the Gospel of Life. And it's been just an awesome ride. I know even talking about this each week, it's like it brings perspective and grace to Mm -hmm. each day. Mm -hmm. Um, Even thinking about this past week, it's like, Kind of like a new optic, like, and actually we received some special gifts this week. Definitely. Well, I think you especially. It's true. It's true. I'm really excited. (laughs) You you ready to, (laughs) you want to share with everyone what God blessed you with, the adventure of life? Yes, I'd like to. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I received actually two living creatures this week. Wow. Very special. You were like entrusted with (laughs) two living creatures? (laughs) Yes. The first, which is less of a story, but super epic, is a Venus flytrap. Okay, that is so cool. I'm so excited. It is one of the most incredibly cool plants I've ever seen. Wow. A car- carnivorous plant. Yeah, like they eat bugs, right? They eat bugs. It, wow. it eats one bug a week. Wow. Yeah, I learned that. Do you have to catch the bug or does it catch the bug? It could catch the bug. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a lot of bugs inside. Right. But it could, it would. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing. But it's um, it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What's the second thing? Well, the second thing is, so it's a bit of an unusual situation, but mm-hmm. I found my, another sister and I found a baby bird oh. on the sidewalk. And it was sad because it looked like he had broken one or more legs. That would be one or two legs. And he was, you know, I think, um, like an older baby bird, like maybe teenage or like almost, you know, like on the older end mm-hmm. being a baby. But we basically, we were able to take him in and care for him. Wow. In his last days. <laughs> what was that like, sister? I, sister, it honestly melted my heart. Really? I mean, it really melted my heart. We named him Theodore Leonard. <laughs> which I thought was a lovely name. But like just to see him, and he was really so cute. I mean, you saw him. He was. I, I have to say, I was moved seeing you moved by this. Again, and, and you can feel helpless in the face of... And it's such a sweet little thing yeah. and, you know, clearly diminished with whatever made him tumble out of the nest or at, yeah. who knows whether he just missed his first attempt at flight. And, yeah. um, but actually it was quite powerful to see <laughs> what he unleashed in this house, which was a lot of love and um, a lot of compassion. And here it is. It's like, it's a little tiny bird, I know. but, um, it was actually really powerful to see in a sense what this little one um drew out of us it's really true like i I actually kept thinking about the scripture where jesus says you know um like how the father is taking care of us and like god knows like when a when a sparrow falls from the sky like he he doesn't allow that without his knowledge i was like oh my gosh he knew that we would be like making him a little nest of like that little papers um yeah, the stuff you use in Easter baskets. Easter basket paper and, right. and a butterfly pavilion and, you know, looking up what to feed him and, and him <laughs> eating it and happy and he'd like to be petted on his head, you know. It's really dear. All these things. And then, like, the bonus was uh, one of our very good priest chaplains. Mm-hmm. We asked him to bless the bird. <laughs> and he gave a beautiful blessing of the bird. I thought, 
Yeah, it was powerful. Yeah, and I think the bird received it because it was he was like resting in the spirit. He or seemed relaxed while yeah. he was receiving <laughs> the blessing. But it it really it, it unleashed like this this explosion of love like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really amazing what mm-hmm. a little creature could do in our mm-hmm. hearts. You know, life. It, it was so beautiful. It's a powerful thing, sister. It is. And again, you know, this is the gift we're looking at: is the gift and mystery of life and of being entrusted with it ourselves, mm-hmm. of the gift of the lives around us and how we're called to a responsibility to each other mm-hmm. and all creatures great and small, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know, sister, I can't wait to unpack um, this second part of chapter two because it really does, it, it pulls us through the whole journey of life, mm-hmm. basically noting the reality that life is sacred. It possesses a sacred dignity from the first moment mm-hmm. um, of its beginning at conception all the way to the end yeah, and that the Lord is the Lord of life and that we're in the hands Mm -hmm. of our creator and father. And, and that is a good thing Mm. that it takes a lot of pressure off. We don't have to control. We don't have to angle too much. We just have to trust Yeah, and that there's, there's beauty Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. and grace Mm -hmm. to receive. Because at the end of the day, it's all about receiving God now. Mm. Like even if you ask, how do we get to heaven? actually receive god now that's what all happens and and it's really beautiful to look at that too love it yeah i want to make a bumper sticker out of that (laughs) cool (laughs) (laughs) amen tattoo that on my heart (laughs) oh my gosh well shoot should we pray sister and then dive in yeah let's pray the father the son the holy spirit come holy spirit come lord jesus jesus we thank you so much for your gift of life we thank you for making us in your image and likeness. We thank you for uh, entrusting us with this um, beautiful world, uh, the creation that you have made. And Lord, we ask that we may uh, receive ever more deeply and in in a special way, we ask for particular grace today to receive more deeply the gift of our lives um, and the gift of your love. We entrust ourselves to you and all those uh, on our hearts to you and to our blessed mother as we pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and to the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of Life, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Wow. Beautiful, sister. Well, I think what we're going to do in this episode is just tackle numbers 40 through 47 Mm -hmm. which is just a beautiful ride and number 40 kicks us off beautifully it brings us right in a sense to the heart of the heart Mm -hmm. to this gift of our conscience and that truth has been written in the depths from the beginning in your heart and mine Mm -hmm. in man's heart as this document says And it's a powerful thing to think about. In a sense, we've been given this compass Mm -hmm. to lead us and to guide us and that we're responsible to heeding it. We're responsible to allowing it to be formed Mm -hmm. in truth. Mm -hmm. And we're responsible to allowing it to, in a sense, like a lighthouse, like the North Star, lead and guide our way as we live in truth to the lives that we've been given and the gift of the lives of those around us. Mm -hmm. It's really true, sister. And, um, yeah, there's like, there's like a, a firm, especially when it's well-formed, but like there's a firm foundation that we can lean on, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a well-formed conscience. And and I think also I love in, in, in number 40, but talk, talking about um, 
the inviability of human life yes yeah, and actually how that's written on every human heart we have an instinct innate sense of that like every human life is um is sacred right mm-hmm. is precious um and it's really something. It's really beautiful. Amen, sister. And as you speak, it's like in this particular number, it speaks of the evolution of this truth mm-hmm. kind of through the Old and New Testament. That mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, the the command we found was you shall not kill, mm-hmm. right? And that as you look and journey through Scripture and through the life of Israel and into the New Testament, uh, we see that it culminates in a particular way in Christ's command you shall love your neighbor as yourself, mm. right? The, this golden rule of love for your neighbor. Um, and the reality that life is this gift. Mm. I love this line. Um, remembering our life does not belong to us, mm-hmm. right? This is the property and gift of God, the creator and father, this document says, which is like, whoa, it kind of like shakes you around a little bit. Yeah. You're like, wait a second, just to stand back and say, there is an author mm-hmm. of my life um, and I want to let him write the story. Mm-hmm. And so as we seek to follow these commands and heed them in the depths of our heart, it's it's kind of being drawn into that relationship with God, mm-hmm. into a profound and deep disposition of faith in him. And actually it takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, it's really true. And I think it brings us really well into the number 41, the mm-hmm. next number, but mm-hmm. um, how the Lord, like Jesus, as you're kind of speaking, but he kind of brings to fullness, um, yeah, that command of the old covenant, but even in particular in regards to human life, right? Mm-hmm. And he kind of ups the ante a little bit, actually, because, you know, he talks about loving our neighbor. And there's a great line in 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 this number where it's um, John Paul II says, a stranger is no longer a stranger for the person who must become a neighbor. Look, I'm not a songwriter, That's but awesome. if I could write a song, that wouldn't that I feel like it's already like a lyric. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. A stranger is no longer a stranger for the person who must become a neighbor. And there it is, sister, in a sense, the positive demand of mm-hmm. the Christian life, the positive demand of the gospel mm-hmm. is accepting this responsibility for our neighbor, mm-hmm. even to the point that we're willing to pray for our enemies. Yeah. Um, that we're literally allowing our hearts to move outside mm-hmm. of ourselves in love. Yep. As Christ's heart yeah. was vulnerable, was pierced yeah. in love for us, that we allow our hearts to be like his. Christians are called to love without borders, yep. to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies. I yep. mean, this is a high call. This yep. is a demanding gospel. Yeah, to love, to love, yeah, enemies, strangers, you know? And it's amazing, actually, like when you reach out um, in love, like he's saying here, like all of a sudden communio happens, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a bond that happens. And actually just a brief example of this, um, some of our sisters shared a, a couple of years ago, they were driving and um, a tree basically fell across, like a huge tree fell across the highway, mm-hmm. uh, very large. And it was blocking like all this traffic. And um, it had just happened. Like there were only a couple of cars back. And they said it was amazing. It was amazing because basically they watched people like jump out of their cars, like men, women, and like everybody trying to help, right? And it was like this. That's awesome. They're all starting to talk to each other. Like, and eventually um, this guy comes with a chainsaw and he <laughs> awesome. like chainsaws the tree. Everyone's like, yay. And then some other guy comes with like a broom, you know, and like sweeps the highway. <laughs> so fabulous. Like, but they said it was amazing to watch because all of a sudden like this, it, yeah, this like, 
highway neighborhood happen suddenly and That's people are like amazing. exchanging snacks and talking and I, if, it's just a great example of this, you know? Yeah, sister. And it, as you speak, it feels so right. Like, yeah. what a victory. And that this is like humanity at its best. Yeah. When we're working together, when we're living for each other, when we're pulling for each other, mm-hmm. whether we've got a chainsaw or a broom, we're right. giving our little piece and part right. to bring about the good in the situation, the mm-hmm. good for the other. And I love this document. It talks about whether a blood brother, whether someone belonging to the same people or a foreigner living in the land of Israel, to showing concern for the stranger, even to the point of loving one's enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues, the deepest element of God's commandment to protect human life is the requirement to show reverence and love for every person and the life of every person. Mm. It's a high call. It's a beautiful call. And even, sister, it, it brings into focus for me, actually, um, just someone who's quite incredible that just came into view for me. Have you heard of Emile Capon? You know, I've heard the name um, and snippets. I don't know that much about him. Yeah. And again, I forgive me. I think in this season, I'm just being, <laughs> I seem to be finding a lot of war heroes. They're great. But I actually think it's it's appropriate. Like in a sense, mm-hmm. when we're laboring and living to build a culture of life, mm-hmm. there's a battle. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's similar in that we're laying down our lives for the yeah. person next to us and seeking to to bring about and to unleash this love that we know is there to mm-hmm. live for and to live in. Mm-hmm. And Emil Capon, uh, Father Emil Capon, was pretty amazing. In a sense, he was a priest of the Diocese of Wichita and an army chaplain during World War II and the Korean War. And he did. He ended up um, passing away uh, as a prisoner um, in a war camp in North Korea in May of 1951. What is so cool is that they have just recently, they were able to identify his body. So he was buried in a mass grave. But wow. just recently, now 70 years later, wow. they were able to identify him. And now, just this fall, they were able to have a a funeral mass for him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so moving. Isn't this incredible? And what's powerful is that, yes, he is a servant of God. Wow. He was declared such in 1993. He's the most highly decorated military chaplain in U.S. history. Oh my gosh. And just as to speak a little bit about him, um, he was a man who lived for others. He was known for his pastoral presence mm. that was ceaseless. He mm-hmm. was always there. He was always there, whether it was no man's land or it was back at camp. Like he was living for his guys. And that's what he would call my boys. Wow. Um, I guess he put thousands upon thousands of miles on his Jeep because he was constantly about uh, serving and celebrating mass on the hood of his Jeep, wow. making sure that the soldiers, whether they were in battle, and actually many reports of him being present to his men mm. um, on the battlefield where there was wow. high casualties, where there was bullets flying past your ear. He was there. Even when they were saying, okay, pull back, mm-hmm. he was the last guy to leave wow. um, in a sense to to make sure that the sacraments were administered. When he was eventually captured, there was this, basically they were put on a death march to the mm. prisoner of war camp. And basically if you straggled, if you fell, you were shot on the spot Gosh. and you were marching on. And apparently, and again, many witnesses, soldiers whose lives he saved, mm-hmm. one of the men who survived this march said he survived because of Emil Capon. Wow. That basically, mile after mile, Emil, this priest, basically carried him, made sure that he survived that march and he lived to tell about it. Um, he would steal food for his guys in the camp. He would celebrate mass mm-hmm. um, secretly. 
when eventually he became ill in the camp and they were carrying him off to the hospital of which no one ever got better that yeah. he basically went to die yeah it was said the soldiers were weeping and just <sighs> saying don't take our priest away don't wow. take our priest away from us and in that moment father emil consoled them saying gentlemen i'm going to a place where i can go and pray for you like wow. i'll be praying for you in a sense he knew his priesthood he knew the power of praying for his people he knew the power of being a father present mm -hmm. as a father among his boys um he laid down his life for his friends and in a sense and this is like incredible like in the midst of suffering mm -hmm. in the midst of difficulty being able to live for the person next to you mm -hmm. and this was father emil capon just beautiful words from this mass in which they were finally able to celebrate a massive christian burial 70 oh years gosh, later i'd be weeping isn't that powerful it's so to honor him um but what they said of him was like he said jesus said there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends jesus modeled that love on the cross he gave his life for us his friends so that we might not perish but might have eternal life mm. father capon imitated that love all throughout his ministry but it reached its fulfillment on may 23rd 1951 the day of his personal calvary in a mm. dark and lonely place far from here offering all that he had for those he considered his friends. Wow. That is so powerful, sister. I know, sister. I really like him. And that's the thing. He died, I think, at age 35. Oh, my gosh. And just a humble, obedient, virtuous, simple, hardworking, faithful wow. shepherd wow. among his people. And I think keep your eyes on the horizon because I think we're going to have a saint on our hands. I think you're right, honestly. And I mean, yeah. talk about like you should love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Well, and this is what the gospel of life is talking about. Mm -hmm. And that actually, at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. Mm -mm. It's giving of yourself mm -hmm. in the present moment. Mm -hmm. As you were saying, what was your line that I want to make a bumper sticker? Oh, my new quote, um, how, to, how to get to heaven, receiving God now. That's it. Yeah. Receiving God, receiving yeah. love, yeah. and passing it on to others. Yeah. And yeah, sister, it's uh, this is what the Lord calls us to. It's It's really true. It's like... Yeah, I mean, because it's like receiving him, you know, in the sacraments and each other, right, in prayer. I mean, it's kind of like the next point. The Lord says, you know, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. But he calls us to this abundant life, right, this fruitfulness. Amen. Um, and it's really awesome. Number 42. It is awesome, sister, in a sense. And this lordship, yeah. in a sense, we're called to this stewardship. Yeah. Um, we're called to step up and take responsibility mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for this abundant mm -hmm wellspring of life that we've been entrusted it's amazing i mean there's this great line that god calls man his living image to share in his own lordship over the world it's amazing it's amazing and it actually makes me think of i studied biology it was my major um, mm -hmm. but kind of like ecology biology you know so my um my degree is kind of like planet earth sort of <laughs> but i remember <laughs> studying it and you're awesome. with you're with people who like love it i mean everyone there is studying because they love it um, but it's amazing because you're you're literally overwhelmed by the intricacy, the beauty, the the genius of creation of the world. And I remember one of my professors saying, I was for an ecology class, and he said, to be very honest, he said, we are scratching the surface about what we know about the, the planet and about wow. animals and creation. He's like, we have we have not even touched. He said, it, it's it's a world that's like so beyond us. But it, in that, it's like you can respond to that in a couple different ways you know um but 
what's John Paul II inviting us to, and ultimately the Lord inviting us to, you know, to allow like everything God's made to allow it um, to lead us to worship Him and to have an encounter with Him, and that He, yes, He's loving us through it, speaking to us through it, giving it to us to take charge of, right? Not to abuse, Amen. To, but to use rightly. Amen. Um, and it's amazing. Amen, sister. And as you speak about like this freedom, that it's there's a stewardship. It's not about power. Mm-mm. It's not about this dominion that is an iron fist that crushes mm-hmm. everything. It's actually <laughs> like this soft hand that comes up and underneath things mm-hmm. in an integrated vision mm-hmm. um, that reverences life, whether that's in the environment, whether that's mm-hmm. in the person next to you. It's this call to steward universally this gift of life Mm -hmm. and it is it's it calls for a deep integration of all the worlds Mm -hmm. whether that's moral um environmental natural um human it's like truth unites all of these things into this rich fluid Mm -hmm. harmony and Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you're living in it yeah and and it's beautiful this it's a task that yeah. we've been entrusted. Mm-hmm. And so it is that we were called to respond to life virtuously mm-hmm. and truthfully and with wisdom and really appealing. Again, it's this call to look up mm-hmm. and allow God to inspire our ways mm-hmm. that it's not about doing our own thing. And we're not going to be happy doing that. Yeah. We want to do God's thing mm-hmm. and it's going to animate and fill us with the life that we desire the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, this beautiful call to stewardship, to lordship for person, environment. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings us into this specific responsibility for human life in number 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I love it. John Paul II is very thorough. He draws us in actually to the beauty of marriage, mm-hmm. to the beauty of of two people um, in a sense, co-creating mm-hmm. with God, entering, allowing God to come into this space and um, to bring new life out of it and how sacred this is. It's really true, sister. Like the fact, I mean, the, um, number 43 talks about this, yeah, this, a certain special participation, right, of man, woman, husband and wife in the creative work of God, mm. right? And it's like this, um, it's a really beautiful sentence, but uh, he says the council wishes to point out that having a child is an event which is deeply human and full of religious meaning. Um, and it's just, it's like actually you participate in God's creative love. It's amazing. Like we all come forth from that, from that love um, of the Lord. And it's such a, a beautiful mystery. And I mean, I'm just thinking of, I've had the privilege of being at a few births yeah. and it well, you sister. literally like i remember the first one i went to and it, it literally changes your life forever yeah because you see this little person <laughs> you know who you, all of a sudden is like there and you're like oh my gosh and i literally i remember going and i was um a friend of mine and i went to get get her a hamburger and fries after Amen. and she was able to eat but i remember just walking kind of bleary-eyed through the streets mm-hmm. it was like a 36 hour labor and all I could think of was like every person I looked at, I was like, I just wanted to say like, you were born and yes. you were born and yes, you were sister. born. Like it was, it totally knocked my socks off. And that the world is different. Yes. That a new person exists. Yes. And well, and even what it, I love it. Again, this document talking about the reality that becoming a mother or a father, mm-hmm. that this whole reality of beginning new life is distinct that it is 
a continuation of creation, Mm -hmm. of this mystery of creation. And even when you see this in your siblings, in your friends, it's amazing Mm -hmm. what happens to people when they have a child. (laughs) It is amazing. It's transformative. You watch them become, you watch them actually grow into this deep, rich, powerful love, this deep, rich call Mm -hmm. to to give of oneself Mm -hmm. and to receive this gift of life. It's astounding. Mm -hmm. Um, In a sense, this document speaks of this reality of cooperating with the love of the creator and the savior who through them will enlarge and enrich his own family day by day. You know, this is why marriage is so sacred Mm -hmm. and that marriage is this, this, sacrament Mm -hmm. in which new life can be sheltered and protected and upheld um that this gift of life can be nourished Mm -hmm. um and that the mission of parents can Mm -hmm. be lived um this task of accepting and serving life is probably one of the most important things Mm -hmm. anyone can do yeah that mission that gift of being a mother a father yeah of caring for this gift of life Mm -hmm. so it's just it's a really cool pause to acknowledge mm-hmm. the sacredness of marriage, mm-hmm. of family, mm-hmm. of children, mm-hmm. and the blessing that comes. It really is. It's And it's divine. We touch something so profoundly yeah. of God in it. It's a participation in the creative work of the Trinity. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I think, I mean, I think it kind of leads really well into 44. Like marveling at that, um, that beauty of marriage mm-hmm. and bringing forth life. But then also like, just even marveling at like the fact that I am like that, you know, in, in Psalm 139, it says, for you form my innermost being. I love looking at like, like what happens in the womb, you know, and how we grow and develop and um, how vulnerable we are, um, but how, how uh, intimate and intentional, like all of, all of our kind of our formation is in the womb and how the Lord is present there, you know? Amen. And it all through scripture, it talks about this, um, and there's this great line in 44 mm. where well, he starts with quoting Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And then John Paul II says, the life of every individual from its very beginning is part of God's plan. Uh, Isn't that awesome? Like from the first moment of me as an embryo, like little cute me, embryo me, mm-hmm. like he wanted me. He desired me. Mm-hmm. He has a plan for me. And it's like from all eternity. It's awesome. It's so powerful, sister. And I think too, it's like to speak personally, mm-hmm. just as sisters of life, the privilege of, in a sense, being entrusted mm-hmm. to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life, mm-hmm. beginning with those most vulnerable mm-hmm. and how, in a sense, there's a profound vulnerability of life in general. Mm-hmm. And yet to think of the unborn child yeah, uh, and its vulnerability and I would say living in this charism of life as mm-hmm. a sister of life, as you teach, as you speak, like living in this perspective that the life of every individual from its very beginning is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. I just have to say like the experience of being called to live there mm-hmm. is expansive, is yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's like you wake up and your day is filled with potential mm-hmm. and filled with possibilities, not just in reverence to your own life, but to every life. Mm-hmm. To ponder that true sister is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Like everything takes on new life, mm-hmm. new meaning. Mm-hmm. Everything is invested with God. Yeah. And I think that's why 
serving the dignity of the human person from the members of the human family that are most little and vulnerable Mm -hmm. to those that are most aged and Mm -hmm. diminished. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a sacredness, a Mm -hmm. dignity Mm -hmm. that is so profoundly awesome. And to live for that Mm -hmm. and to advocate and to just stand at, in a sense, the horizon of that truth. Mm -hmm. I have to say it's, it's amazing. It is. It really is. And honestly, the witness, I think, of women we serve is stunning, you know? And like, I I remember, I've had a number of times um, a woman say to me, I can't imagine my life without, you know, a little penny, you know, or I can't imagine my life without little Timmy. Like, like this little one has changed everything. And, and even in vulnerability, like, you know, you think of looking at holding a baby, it's like, Mm -hmm. all you want to do, and there's, they can do nothing. Mm -hmm. All you want to do is hold them and love them. And it changes your reality. Um, And I think you're right, sister, the privilege as sisters of life of being able to serve human life. It is stunning. I can't, I kind of, I can't even believe it. You know, it's well, and even to hear because what you become aware of is, yeah, the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Like, I love his question in this document. How can anyone think that even a single moment of this marvelous process of the unfolding of life could be separated from the wise and loving work of the creator? Yeah. I mean, not one moment, sister. Mm-hmm. Even as rough and bad and tough mm-hmm. as life can be, mm-hmm. it still is not separated from him. Mm-hmm. And in that, the possibility, the potential, the hope that we have in all things. Mm -hmm. But it moves us beautifully into number 45 Mm -hmm. in the sense, what we find in Jesus in the New Testament is this revelation, Mm -hmm. the indisputable recognition of the value of life from its very beginning and at every moment throughout. And we see this particularly in this mystery of the visitation. Yes, I love that mystery. I love that we focus in for a moment on that mystery. It's so beautiful. Mary going to what is now considered, it's called Ein, Ein Karem, Ein Karim, something like that, the town that Elizabeth was in, but visiting her, her cousin Elizabeth and the child, John the Baptist, leaping in the womb, you know, upon her presence. It's so powerful. But I was thinking too, like, you know, one of our very good priest chaplains, God rest his soul, would often talk about how our lives are meant to recapitulate the life of Christ and the gospel. That basically means like, what happened in his life, you know, is, and we're invited to enter into having it happen in ours, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, gosh, we have so many act- actual visitations in our own life that we participate in, yes, either as Mary or as Elizabeth, you know? Absolutely, sister. I mean, <laughs> I could think of a thousand, honestly, for myself personally, but even in the privilege of walking with women mm-hmm. who are facing uh, difficult pregnancies, unexpected pregnancies, mm-hmm. or just pregnancy in general, because mm-hmm. it's just a huge life event. Um, and those visitations, mm-hmm. in a sense, in the document, St. Ambrose kind of weighs in, mm-hmm. speaking of the arrival of Mary and the blessings of the Lord's presence are speedily declared. Elizabeth was the first to hear the voice, but John was the first to experience grace. Like, isn't this tremendous to lean into? She heard according to the order of nature. He leaped because of the mystery. She recognized the arrival of Mary. He, the arrival of the Lord. The woman recognized the woman's arrival, the child that of the child. The women speak of grace. The babies make it effective from within to the advantage of their mothers who by a double miracle prophesy under the inspiration of their children. (laughs) The infant leapt, but the mother was filled with the spirit. Wow. The mother was not filled before the son, but after the son was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
He filled his mother too. Mm. And this is what we see in the sense of this gift of life, Mm -hmm. um, especially in those that we're privileged to walk with. Like I remember it was tremendous. A woman had called and she was pregnant. And again, it was a lot of difficulties surrounding the pregnancy, but of them in particular, there was worry that she had an adverse prenatal diagnosis that her child had down syndrome. Mm. And so um, we would meet every week at a coffee shop. It was mm-hmm. so fun. And we'd go down and I'd meet her, you know, in the heart of man eating hat. <laughs> and we would every week, same time, same place um, wow. on her, her break at work. And we would just talk about it. Just talk about life and the pregnancy and her fears and concerns mm-hmm. over this. And I remember, I will never forget this one occasion where we met at the coffee shop because she was scheduled for an amniocentesis. Mm-hmm. And um, which at that point was going to be kind of a great risk to the pregnancy. Uh, and she had a big choice to make in that, in mm-hmm. a sense, am I going to pursue knowledge of what might be an adverse prenatal diagnosis mm-hmm. uh, and you know, respond to that? Or am I just going to decide that whatever this child brings, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a mother? Wow. And it was so powerful. I was kind of waiting at the coffee shop, wondering whether she was going to come and we'd talk or if she wouldn't come because she'd be at this other appointment. Mm. And I will never forget seeing her walk through those doors and having her sit down, smile at me and say, sister, I'm going to be a mother to this child. Wow. And her commitment to this child. Wow. Uh, And praise be to God. And we prayed Mm. and we continued I continued to accompany her. And what was so powerful is the way God went to work in her life, in her heart. And honestly, it wouldn't have mattered whether that child was born with an adverse diagnosis or not. Praise God, the the child was actually born perfectly healthy. Mm. And this was after receiving a number of test reports that had indicated otherwise. But Mm -hmm. here we have a, a beautiful baby girl who absolutely lights up this mother's life. But the power of her in a sense, responding to this gift of mm-hmm. life and looking to the Lord in wow. the midst of this. Um, yes, there was a huge temptations to control and fear and, oh my gosh, and freaking out and trying to manage all of the right. question marks um, in human ways. And yet turning to the Lord and seeing his provision, um, having the Lord expand her heart in mm-hmm. ways that were incredible. That's um, amazing. Again, this mystery of the visitation, yeah. being visited um, by the Christ child, is hidden, that, hidden within the awesome? womb. And in a way he is, the Christ is hidden in each of of these unborn mm-hmm. um, members of the human family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, Sister, that's such a powerful story. And the image of like Christ, the Christ child is visiting us mm-hmm. in every person we encounter mm-hmm. in a way, you know? Well, even too, Sister, to see the power of this, even when there is an adverse prenatal diagnosis mm-hmm. and again, a privilege of walking with a woman in that situation mm-hmm. and having her call because doctors had recommended abortion that, you know, your child's only going to live a number of hours wow. that um, it's just better to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And yet something didn't settle in her heart. And so she called us and she said, is there another option? Because mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't being presented with it. And mm-hmm. for us to be able to make a referral to a perinatal hospice uh, wow. and to a doctor who's, who'd walk with her in that and deliver the child and surround that child with love Mm. whatever hours that child had Mm -hmm. and actually hearing sister her speak of that experience that the family gathered Mm -hmm. um, when she delivered this child that her siblings that the siblings of this child each held the child wow they named the child (laughs) 
Um, the child lived for five hours, wow. but the amount of love that was unleashed mm -hmm. in the heart of each member of that family wow. and the heart of this mother and father, um, and actually how this child changed their lives that they, they ended up believing. Wow. Believing in God wow. through this, what wow. what one might think was only going to be a tragedy mm -hmm. or an irreversible sorrow actually became this incredible victory in mm -hmm. life and mm -hmm. love. And they actually all entered the church wow. um, through That's this. Awesome. Yeah, this little <gasps> child transformed their entire lives into a depth of faith in God's love. That's amazing. Is what touched them the most through this experience. That's amazing. It's, I know. It's like that line in scripture, a little child shall lead them. Isn't that amazing? It's beautiful, sister. Wow. Sister, thank you for sharing that. It it really is inspiring, actually. Um, the life of one. Like the world, with every person changes the world irreversibly. Wow, sister. It's really powerful. When it brings us to consider number 46, mm -hmm. it, I love this. It says, I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly <laughs> afflicted. And then here it references life in old age and at times of suffering. Yeah. That, Yeah. Life can be tough. It can be tough. And you know, and again, I, I can't claim to be terribly old, but I know, <laughs> I know, you know, family and, you know, family of mine has said, you know, getting old is hard. Amen, um, sister. But, but John Paul II, I'm really moved by this, but he says, you know, old age is characterized by dignity and surrounded with reverence. Amen, sister. Um, that it's, you know, we get to a place of not maybe being able to do what we could do or work in the way we could work, but it, that not, none, of our, none of our dignity is lessened. No. Um, it is, it's such a, a, again, yes, there's definitely difficulties, but it's such a, um, a time of, in a way, coming closer to the Lord or an opportunity to come closer to the Lord. It's beautiful. And I know the, pe the people in my life who, you know, are mm -hmm. older, like they are so such powerful witnesses to me yes, um, of life and love. And I am so moved by them. Amen. And I, I always often say, you know, I stand on your shoulders and if you have back pain, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. Yeah. But no, it is in a sense, it's a time not for despair, but for trust, mm -hmm. for faith. Uh, in a sense, I love it. Uh, it says in the document coming from the Psalms that the just man says, you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. So even to old age and gray hairs, mm -hmm. oh God, do not forsake me till I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Mm -hmm. I love it. To live out the fullness of our days. Yeah. That if God has ordained that I'm alive, mm -hmm. then he has gifts to give me. Mm -hmm. That there is still yet more yeah. to receive, to give, to exchange. Yeah. And that we trust in that more. Yeah. And trust in his provident care for us. And I think... There's many witnesses of mm -hmm. this around us. Definitely. I think of John Paul II, yeah. who preached the homily mm -hmm. of his life mm -hmm. at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. That, in a sense, he wanted to reveal it's not a time for fear. Right. But even in his diminishment, continued to shepherd his people, mm -hmm. to love them in mm -hmm. the ways that he could, mm -hmm. to bear witness that the sacred dignity of living to the end. Yeah. Right, I think of, I mean, another witness to me, and we might have mentioned them in another episode, but um, an elderly couple in our neighborhood, you know, who are mm. like ninety, I think. Yes, yeah, and they're they're getting. I can see them diminishing, but they're 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 like as in love, maybe probably more in love now than they ever were. You know, and they they walk around the neighborhood holding hands, and but to me, it shows it's like kind of as you're saying with John Paul II, but like love is always young, That's you know, so and it, awesome. it's never. Um, it's never too late. It's never, it's never too late to love, you know, oh, and to live in that. Well, and as you describe them, it's like, 
it says it in the document, the believer knows that his life is in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. So here's to it. Yeah, Let's see what the Lord has. It's amazing. Well, and even the call to love, in a sense, it's this. It's the time mm-hmm. to reveal that love. Yeah. Um, or even I remember that I had the privilege of, of doing a home visit. It was the home of three sisters, actually, who never wow. married, wow. but who had really spent their lives um, caring for the community, loving their family, their mm. nieces and their nephews, and, and caring for one another, in a sense, being true sisters to wow. each other. And it, it was at this time that one of the sisters was coming to the end and very mm. much on her deathbed. Mm-hmm. And the privilege of being welcomed into their home at this time because wow. it's, it's sacred. It and is. again, um, obviously it's hard. It rends the heart um, mm. as you anticipate the end. And yet it also animates the heart mm-hmm. as new love is called forth. And what I loved is I walked into this house. It was old farmhouse. And the sister who was in her last days, we didn't go into a bedroom in the back. Actually, she was right there. In the heart of the home, in the kitchen. That's awesome. Um, often comfortable mm-hmm. and able to be present to their meals, to the main wow. events of the day, to the conversations of the day. She remained in the heart of their lives. Wow. And in a sense, one can feel very helpless at the end of life. Mm-hmm. And yet engaging in conversation, singing songs, mm-hmm. um, laughing, crying, all of the above. And then to see how they were caring for her, mm-hmm. so attentive, and also that they had, that she was experiencing some, in a sense, restlessness or anxiety and, and difficulty mm-hmm. at the end of life. And so it's kind of neat. Um, I've heard of this in a number of different situations, but they there was a baby doll that they got for her wow. and placed in her arms. And it was a very realistic baby doll. And it was unbelievable to see. She, she would go from being kind of... Um, perhaps confused or disoriented and restless Mm -hmm. to being totally composed and focused on caring for this, this (laughs) baby doll. You're going to make me cry. I know. Wrapping (laughs) this baby doll in swaddling it, um, holding it close, caring for it. Um, even at a point offering to me, if I wanted to hold this baby doll, Wow. again, she wasn't very able to speak and whatnot, but like to see Mm -hmm. actually how, there was love being splashed all over the room. Mm. And in a sense, even in her last days, in her diminishment, moving outside herself in mm. love and everyone moving outside of themselves in love. And I mean, we didn't want, it was honestly a taste of heaven. Yeah, None of us wanted to leave. The bonds of love that were being lived and lived in truth and that these sisters mm. were loving each other to the end. I will wow. never forget it, to be wow. honest. Powerful witnesses to me of what it means to Mm. live life well. That's amazing because it's such a moving story. And even the image, even though it was a doll, but it's like this powerful experience of like end of life and beginning of life coming together, you know, Um, and how we're, we have this desire to reach out to the other and to, to nurture. Amen, sister. Well, and even that brings us, I think, in a great closing for today, number 47, that there is a great good to the body, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet we see in Christ's own life, it is not the absolute good. Mm -hmm. In a sense, what do we see in the life of the saints and Mm -hmm. the martyrs and in the life of Jesus Christ, that Jesus did not hesitate to sacrifice himself, yet he freely made of his life an offering to the Father. Mm. And in this we see the great and high call of yeah. every human life yeah. is we receive this gift to give it away. Yeah. 
And to give it away in love. And yeah. in that, find the yeah. height of life and love that we're called to. Yeah. And not and not because it's cheap, but because it's infinitely priceless. Amen, sister. You know, and it's I think it's coming back. It circles perfectly back to my first statement that you want to make a bu- bumper sticker of. But how do we go to heaven? Like, this is what you're talking about. We're made for heaven. How do we get there? To receive God now in, in our bodies, in our minds, in our souls. You know, the sacraments, prayer, each other. It's powerful. It's awesome, sister. Yeah, the gift, the gift of life and love. Before we go, sister, what do you have? I think, I think that's my before you go, is actually just like today, or to somehow be conscious of receiving the Lord. Amen. Uh, yeah. Sister, that's awesome. What about you? You know, I think... Um, just stepping back to ask yourself, like, where am I afraid mm. to sacrifice mm-hmm. and love for another? Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh. what am I protecting? Good question. Right? And just asking the Lord for courage mm-hmm. to live in imitation of Him. Mm-hmm. That in letting go, often it's when we find and yeah. discover and receive yeah. the very thing that we're trying to protect. Is that amazing? That's awesome. Yeah, it's a bit of a dare, but it's an awesome one. Let's go for it. Amen. Life is short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's, well, uh, should, should, we, should we close in a prayer? Sounds great, sister. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we just pray as your son prayed. Uh, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. We ask for that grace to live in that faith, in that depth of trust, in that depth of surrender, and into this day. And we thank you ahead of time for helping us to do that. As we say, glory be to the Father, Father, to to the the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Even the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God be with you. See you next time. And and, uh, we have those reflection questions, so you're welcome to read along with us. God bless and keep you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.